For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. These are their stories. Everybody, welcome to another episode. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're on a part two episode of us having an absolutely mind-blowing conversation with Miss Miko Hester Perez, um, who's the international autism and cannabis healthcare advocate. Um, it's just amazing um the things that she's done, her experience, her background. If you guys had missed the first episode, I say go back and check that out. Um you know, I'm just thinking about your timeline because you got involved in 2009 with your son. Six years later, we're involved, my wife and I, with Aiden, um, getting into you know cannabis as a medicine for our son. Because a year prior to that, you know, I was just getting educated about it, finding out that it would be helpful for seizures, not knowing that a year later that I would be actually in it, and that's taking us on this path where we are now. Did you foresee that for yourself as well? Or is this something that, you know, it just opened up to that point? Not something strategically you were planning. You can't make this up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I, I, I had to choose between law school and taking care of my children. And I chose taking care of my children because I wanted to make every single appointment. Actually, I, I just remember quitting my job one day. Because Joey, you know, I had to take him to get assessment and that assessment to an ABA therapist and this therapist and this there. And I walked in at lunchtime and I said, I quit. Wow. I said, I, I, you know, having to, to make, you know, sacrifices um, that I would have never seen coming. And they were all a blessing. Every fight, every you know, every, you know, day that I miss sleep, every, everything that I've done up until today has been worth it. It's amazing. It's an amazing journey. When you look back, you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still the same, you know, because of, you know, that there's laws. I mean, we do have autism on a few legislative bills and, and, you know, other conditions in which there's still a catch 22, there's still guidance that um, families of color need to have. have. And so yeah. um, because of that, I do find myself speaking with social services, um, social workers and medical professionals on a daily. I really am, you know, a true healthcare ambassador, um, you know, being the bridge between um, not so much misunderstood anymore, but just being able to provide um, you know, support to be able to, for them to support each other, like the team I had in 2009. Jeez, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's a lot of work, but we're we're super parents. Got it. You know, we. You know, I laugh. I, you know, I can run a whole country in my pajamas and slippers and a cup of coffee. I'm good. <laughs> we, and it's because we juggle IEP meetings. Yes. Emails uh, to our teachers, emails to their doctors, um, other families like us. And we, we have no idea the training that has, has 
and the training has been a gift. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. It's like going to college. So let me ask a question in the sense that when you were first involved in the industry, as well as dealing with your son as he has autism, did you find other families? Did you reach out to other families? Did you know other families like yourself, you know, you know, pe- people of color that are going through the same thing that would provide any guidance? I mean, because for us, we didn't see that. It wasn't something that was like vastly available people we could turn to that looked like us that could tell us, you know, the ins and outs of what to deal with, especially when you're dealing with the education law, where you're dealing with um, just health law and all these other things that we have to contend, even, you know, medical marijuana as well. Well, I can tell you the day I walked off the stage of Good Morning America, my entire life changed. Mm. I, (laughs) and it hasn't stopped. I still sometimes sit down at my computer and go, I have 200 emails today. Wow. All from families that look like me. And so it's been, um, I, 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 I joke and, and I always say that I'm an urban myth because usually when other families find out about me, they're like, you're a real person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes I'm a real person. <laughs> um, and the consult that we're about to have is going to be very different from any other consult you've ever had mm. from anyone else in this industry. The trick to us is, is knowing our dynamics. Everyone can sell a product. Everyone can give you a certain set of laws, but the dynamics and the navigation part are one um, that is different for us. Mm. And it is, you know, as much as I, as I, I don't like saying it, um, this is a privileged treatment option. Mm. Oh yes, it is. And, and that will, bo- that's what bothers me, honestly, that I, I wish for one day, one day that is not a privileged option. Well, when the, the the promoters of these big expos start going into neighborhoods mm. um, that that um, are more of you know people with color, when we start seeing more educational seminars and lectures inside um, urban communities, then we will have uh, more families uh, to trust. Yes. that this is a treatment option for their home. Until then, there's going to be a certain amount of um, disconnect and the education and the information only reaching a certain point. And so that's one of the things that at least is on my um, agenda for 2021, and that is to um, to start some type of, of guidance in which families – uh, especially in urban communities, are able to have the same information. And this is no different from, uh, you know, a school in, in the south side of Chicago and then a school in downtown Chicago. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you're going to get two different educational um, settings. Yeah. And so what I want to do is is to be able, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, we're going to do it together, um, to be able to really... Um, support the families who see this as a viable option for their for their loved one yeah Um, you know but they can't do it if they don't get the information and if it's not readily available so i i do think that now in this next chapter um 
And mind you, Joey, you know, I, I laugh every day. I you know, tell that kid, you know, you left me with a full schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like, really, Joey, you left me with a full schedule. But that he knew what he was doing. And I know what's left to do. And, um, you know, I have not changed. You know, I am able to empower more parents that look like us. Uh, yeah, and that's definitely our our mission too, in terms of you know it's getting the awareness. Because sometimes, like Osiris was saying in our in our pre chat, that we feel because Ian was is not really supposed to be doing as well as he's doing. I mean, the amount of seizures that he was having, mm-hmm. like his neurologist, everyone's like, this is a basically a miracle. And I think we were just blessed to give him. The, the cannabis early on. Like, it wasn't our last resort like it is for most mm-hmm. parents. Yeah, it was like for, the first. It was like the one, yeah. He was, he was the, and I think that's the reason why he's able to do certain things now that we need clinic, to possible. clinically a child yeah. w- w- was not supposed to be like this, you know? And well, in, yeah, it was a catch-22 for us, too, because mm-hmm. I had no idea I was knocking out two birds with one stone. Really? Had I had not given Joey a new, you know, cannabis is a natural newer protectant. That's, it is. That was our approach. Exactly. That's why we went into it with that mm-hmm. approach. And Joey had Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Neurological. Oh, wow. It's amazing. That's how see, things work, right? How things work. And I think the message that I want to get to parents, particularly in the autism community, is that it's everything is neurological. So they were like, well, it works for epilepsy. I said, no, listen, if it works for epilepsy, it's going to work for autism, guys, because it's the same thing. It's neurological damage. It just, mm-hmm. it just, it just manifests but, in different ways. Exactly, but they, right. they don't, the connection is not there. And I was like, and I'm like, I don't want to be pushy. I was like, how do I educate, educate them? them? But there's always seems some type of blockage, and I don't know why. I, I, from my personal experience, I think it has to do with the community itself. I don't think they've seen it in a medicine structure, in a sense of here is how it's created. It's into an oil. It's not your usual guys that you see in your front yeah, of your building, your corners, yeah. that's rolling into a blunt and smoking. But if they change the perception saying, well, those guys are self-medicating as opposed to those guys just getting high. Exactly. So if they could change yeah. that perception, I think it would be more acceptable. I do too, but I also think we have to be at the hand of making sure that we are in a position to be the leader and the director or in a leadership position to be able to, That's to, true. to say community. that yeah. exactly because right now um, it's, it's great. Um, I, I love you know what's going on right now, but I also need to see more um, decision makers in it's those not, decisions it's not um, in, the, in those positions rather mm-hmm. um, because you're exactly right. You know, you can't, you can't be what you can't see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you don't know what we're lacking and we can't make decisions to empower our communities, then, you know, it it is, um, you know, going to continue to be a a very daunting task for us. Okay. So I get what you're saying. It needs to, people need, needed to hear from leadership. Hi, Hi, got it. Well, yes, but also those our who can relate. Our leadership needs to change. Yes. And our leadership, we need to be in more executive positions to be able to make those decisions and say, um, this is, uh, you You may not have this input, but we do. 
Yes, yes, and that's something I talked about that Nina and I, uh, you know, something we should start looking into is, but to find our, you know, those groups that this message would go to, that's the catch. Because we haven't been, I mean, truthfully, I think, I think I've seen one other family member on TV that looked like us in a way that had a child with, a, you know, with uh, epilepsy. But that's one out of, we've been in here for about, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. Five, six years? And we've yet to see another family that looked like us that we could well, relate to? I've been to in share? here for 10, 11, 12, almost 12 years. Yes. And you're the, the second family that I've, I've met. That's, that's mind-boggling. Why it's mind boggling, but I also think that we have a chance to change yes. this. Yeah, we could, um, I agree. you know, by working together and by also making sure that we do our part. And our part is making sure that we educate other families, making sure that they know how to find us, um, making sure that we have organizations that will support our uh, input. So let me ask you. So you, I just, you know, you just mentioned that you're with Canisafe. What are you doing with them now that would also push your agenda as well? And how are they supporting you? Because I would have to assume that they're supporting you really well for you to partner up. Because I know you, you know, you're not really about, you know, playing another narrative. Yeah, um, the Canisafe is for multiple, multiple reasons. Well, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm working so closely with healthcare uh, medical professionals, um, what I want to do is provide them and arm them with information to become um, super advocates for us. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as, a, as a parent of a child diagnosed with autism, yes, cannabis analytics matter. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, that's kind of a one-two um, and then also number three is, is um, because they are supporting the disconnect with educating consumers. So, you know, I, I, I came into this industry working with, um, you know, families on the spectrum. I, when Joey was diagnosed with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, I entered palliative care and then I entered cancer. And, that, and so being able to provide medical professionals with precise and definitive information and giving them a solid resource um, has been number, you know, one, two and three. And this year, uh, starting 2021, we, we will be working on a campaign um, to support uh, supporting more education for families, um, you know, with some type of guidance. Um, every state has laws and every, but not all of the resources are readily available and not all resources are written to be understood. Mm. And so that's where I think um, you know, very grateful for Canisafe to allow me to be able to bring this topic to the forefront and, and put some, um, you know, find and work with other families and other legislators and, and to be able to um, try to solve this educational disconnect um, and be able to empower more families and more consumers to be able to walk into dispensaries confidently. Wow. I would love to connect with Canada Safe to really talk about when a parent is looking at a lab report, what are they reading? Because there's things I look at, I'm like, okay, why is this zero and this is point zero two? What you know, 
after a while, it's like, what does it all mean when you're doing the math? And then it's like, oh, NA was, you know, as a parent who's coming new, it's like, how do I make this decision? Because I think that would delay a parent if they have to understand this lab report to making that jump and saying, hey, you know, I want to get cannabis, but what am I reading? Yeah, it's discouraging. Yeah. It's, it could be discouraging. And, and it's, it's it's, discouraging. the one thing that I, I really enjoy, and uh, I love what I do. And I love that, you know, and the, and the opportunity that CannaSafe has given me is to, to be able to say we're a lab and we make mistakes. We're a lab and we're, this science and, and in science, there are no mistakes in science. You're constantly learning and constantly, you know, researching, constantly finding new yes. um, markers. And, and and so to me, as, as a person who entered this industry, like, no, keep the science. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had, like, authentically, because my son was diagnosed with autism, science has become a, and played much, you know, a bigger part. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, working with CannaSafe, it was, it happened organically. Wow. I needed to be in the industry for nine years and say, okay, now I'm ready for an analytics lab. Mm. You know, and to be able to sit down with them and to be able to have a round table um, and, and, you know, that they, they don't claim to be the, the, the end all be all, but they are open there. And I can have conversations. I can bring physicians in. I can bring families wow. in. And, and, and I always tell them there is no perfect lab. Yeah. You know, this we're still evolving. That's true. There's no. Yeah. And so but for right now. You know, I want to be able to provide not only consumers, but families with, like you said, with, trust me, I've been through quite a few labs and I've tried to read their, their reports and it's, and I'm like, wait, I, I <laughs> how do we fix this? Because I need to know what strain, what's, you know, yes. how to read this. And, and um, so I can have a healthy conversation with my physician yeah. and not a, Every lab has an analytics report in which you can do that. And mm. so um, so the, the fact that they have taken um, that extra step um, means a lot to a family, means a lot to me. Definitely, definitely. Oh, God, I wish we could talk some more because we're running out of time. Um, would you be willing to come back on our show? Of course, okay. of course, because of course. I, I think this, I think we're... Um, tied at the angles moving forward all three of us <laughs> yes agreed agreed because i still have so many questions because there's so many projects that you're involved in so many organizations that you're working with sure. and i know from our conversation you're very selective of who you work with and who you represent and who represents you so i wanted to get an idea like what made you choose these organizations in particular to really push your help push your message and help to support those who were in the same who may be in the same situation you're currently or you know we're in and um supporting those families wow well um i can tell you that um i'm i'm definitely just your average mom <laughs> just yeah. um and but you know md exclusive is as as a product development um i i chose to work with them um, because I, I enjoy working with physicians and I've, I've been here and kind of um, have seen products involve um, and I, I enjoy sitting down and, and having the input uh, from the consumer, the physician 
as well as the companies, um, you know, that, and so I, I enjoy, for, you know, formulations. I don't know if that is, is, you know, oh, no, obvious. Definitely. That's, but, it, but that's <laughs> but, very but important. I love sitting down and, and taking everyone's input and creating products. Um, I say magic. California, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the California Aquatic Therapy and Wellness Center, um, Joey was actually a um, consumer. Okay. And it is a aquatic therapy center that is absolutely amazing. It's one of the gyms of California. And um, even when Joey got his feeding tube, I said, I'm still staying on. I'm still, I'm not, because this place is a, is a very special place for families um, to get reasonable uh, care for their child. You know, whereas other aquatic therapy centers are, a hundred dollars, uh, you know, per session, this, they provide, uh, $40 for one child for an entire year. Wow. So- you know, so they, they really do support their community. Um, and when I was asked to be a board member, they didn't have to ask me twice, nice. you know, um, chalk and social chalk and social is really cool. It's, 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 it's a chalkboard hat. And it's a hat that was designed um, to get you talking with chalk. You know, you got a little sign on the top of your hat and you can write whatever you like on the hat. Um, and, you know, whether it's my name, I used to use it for Joey I, when we go to doctor's appointments because he loves hats. And I would put, you know, like Joey's having a bad day or mm. walked out, you know, whatever. And then, then I would give it to healthcare professionals um, to have to walk around with while they were working um, and, and, you know, having conversations with, with their patients where you walk in the room and it's usually very stale when the doctor walks in. Well, now I have these doctors who are acting. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, oh, oh my God. Um, Patch Adams. Yes. Yes. So the hats bring back the entire Patch Adams, just like theme, and it gets you talking, and you're social. So you're chalking social. So it's it's one of those. Yeah. It's it's I I I was absolutely again. They they asked me, and I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, The the one of the other board members is, and I don't know if you remember this, he was the teacher, I think, in the South, who made all of those handshakes with his Yes, student. I remember that. I remember that. Yes. Okay. In charter school, he worked at. Yeah, he's also one of the board members. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we, this, I mean, that is obviously a no-brainer. Uh, whether I'm, you know in a bar or wherever, like you put whatever you want on this hat. Like I would put, you know, I love beer <laughs> and people would buy me beer or, you know, <laughs> having a bad day or it, it just sparks um, a conversation that we're not having because we're on our phones. That's true. That, that, that's great. That makes a great environment where everybody can actually so communicate. I can't wait to down. send Aiden one. I will send him a few. And then, you know, normal, uh, being on the Normal Women's Alliance, it allows for me to still continue to intervene in child protective service cases until further federal laws are passed. Okay. Um, 
you know, they're, they're, we, the dynamics in our homes have not changed mm-hmm. um, and have not caught up to the state um, medical marijuana laws. So as things shift, you know, federally, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I am called uh, in as an expert to verify for families and, and having the title, the board member title allows me to continue to do that. That's yeah. great. I mean, your inspiration, your involvement, it's just lighting the path. And for us to have, you know, meet you, and, I mean, via phone calls and conversations, and even being part of that Black Expo, it, it's, it was just, like you said, written in the stars. It's, it's there for us to really take the torch and move forward because there's so much to be done. And I can't wait to have you back on the show because there's other questions that I have that, you know, we... You know, both Nina and I have that we wanted to sh- uh, talk to you about because we're not seeing certain things and we want to know, you know, what has been your experience, especially in the realm of, you know, being a person of color, being in this in this space, whether from the health from the health perspective or the legal or just socially as well. So we're yeah. looking forward to continuing that conversation. And I look forward to having more allies like you and Nina, um, because we, we have a lot of work to do. We we definitely, you know, I will, you know, keep everything going on the West Coast. And I I know that I have you guys on the East Coast. Yes, definitely. We're going to meet in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Miko, for coming on the show. Yes, really appreciate it. We're really looking forward to having you again because uh, that bridge, you know, it's, it's us. Oh, and I'm, uh, again, thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it and wish you all the best and look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Same here. All right, have a good day. Have a good thank night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Aiden has spoken. That's our executive producer on the show. <laughs> executive producer. That's classic. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you got to love kids. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's my call. We got to watch football together. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, thank you both for taking your time to speak with me as well. And and you know, again, the email chain has started. Hopefully, you guys can schedule something. I'll check back with Jamie in a couple of days. Um, and let's just you know, cheers because it's about to happen. Everything. Yes, and we're looking forward to it too. And I, I mean, thank you for sharing this journey with you. Yeah, no, thank you. And tell Aiden, um, or give Aiden a high five for me. I will definitely do that. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Josh Kincaid capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.